0: my friends and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I am Dr. Brian Greenwood and I am super excited to be here today with Courtney Frickman.
1: How are you, Courtney? I'm so good. Thank you. How are you?
0: I'm doing wonderful. I'm doing wonderful. Um, uh, we're, We're having a rainy day here in San Luis Obispo and Courtney uh picked my spirits up by having a Peter Pan quote on behind her on the wall behind her and um I just love it. Uh we're I'm super excited to have Courtney here today for a couple of reasons. Um we're going to we're going to get into all that she's doing and um she is a mover and shaker and she's been a a mover and shaker since I first met her. Um but she is uh just the second um minor student that we uh that we're highlighting here on the experience our industry podcast. For those who are not aware, we started a minor. Oh, Courtney, I guess you were one of the, were you one of the first classes to come through? I guess maybe, was it about five years ago, four years ago that we officially yeah. started it?
1: Yeah, I think I was. I remember um being on a wait list for it, getting kind of super nervous that I wasn't going to make it. Yeah. And I knew I really, I wanted to compliment my degree with it once I actually figured out what I wanted to do and yeah. I I was nervous filling out the forms and I was like oh what if I don't make it until my senior year and then there's no time
0: right right yeah well uh well you made it and um and we're excited you did so Courtney is a 2020 graduate of Cal Poly. Um, Her major was business administration. She also had a concentration in human resources management, and she was um, in our minor in event planning and experience management. And Courtney is currently serving as the event coordinator for Blue Lotus Insights, um, as well as an assistant event coordinator for Own the Day events. And she He's also just now wrapping, wrapping up um, a tenure with Amanda Holder Events, who many of you who are familiar with San Luis Obispo know Amanda Holder Events as the as the marketing coordinator for uh, Amanda Holder. And so we're going to get into all of that and all that she's been doing. And um, it's it's really super exciting. But uh, let's go back a bit in time to, to get to know you a little bit better, Courtney. Tell us where you're from.
1: I am from Orange County, California, um, Laguna Niguel, Dana Point area for the people who know that area. Uh Um, It always surprised me coming to Cal Poly. Everyone's like, where are you from? You know, LA or San Francisco? I'm like, Uh well. I guess LA, if I'm going to answer, Orange County is the lost land between San Diego and LA. So I'd
0: right, you know,
1: say LA and then people are like, oh, we're in. I'm like, oh, shoot, I've been caught. You know, I'm actually yeah. from Orange County.
0: <laughs> right. If you know, you know, right? Oh, yeah. Right on, right on. What did your parents do when you were growing up, Courtney?
1: So my mom was a stay-at-home mom for my whole childhood until I have a younger brother. So about when he was in high school and I was in college we're 4 years apart um mm-hmm. uh, my mom got she went back into the workforce she was bored not having kids to raise and um so she's now a student teacher aid for special needs kids in middle schools oh, so right she's on. so funny um she loves it. I'm like, "Mom, you you repeat middle school." You know, like every uh, time she has a kid, six uh, through 8th, 6th through 8th.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, so she does that now, but I was really lucky to have her at home with me. I think that was super special. And um my dad was oh. home a lot too, actually. He owns a security company. So oh. he's got all your your alarms, your cameras and all that fun stuff. Um and oh, his wow. office is from home. So if he wasn't on a job somewhere, he was doing paperwork at home so it was really nice having both both parents home.
0: Right on. Right on. Well, we have uh, we have a little bit in common there. My mom was a stay-at-home mom and my my stepdad was a farmer. So he was <laughs> home a lot too as well. Uh, well, especially in the winter months, I guess you could say. Uh, oh, yeah. but uh but uh, so let's uh let, let's talk a little bit about um the rest of your family. You, you said you had a sibling, right? Is that did did I hear you say brother?
1: Yep. I've got a little brother. He is um, not little physically. The kid Uh is, I think, six, six, one. And the rest of my family, I'm five, three moms, five, three and shrinking, as she says. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure how tall dad is, but not that tall. So uh, he's funny. He's younger in age, though. He's four years younger. So he is currently a sophomore at Northern Arizona.
0: Okay. Right on. Remind me where Northern Arizona is. Flagstaff. Flagstaff. That's what I was thinking. I was going to, I almost said Flagstaff and I was like, no, that's not right. But, uh, all yeah. right. I hear that's a pretty beautiful part. Have you got a chance to visit him?
1: It's gorgeous. I haven't been able to get out as much as I would like to, or as much as my parents have. Right. But a few times, you know, I go to move him in. I was going to say every year, it's been two years we've moved him in. Right. And, um, oh, it's just beautiful. And yeah. it's the red rock everywhere. He's not too far from Sedona. Everybody. Right. Love Sedona, you know. Yes,
0: of course. Of course. Like a mecca. Um, So, so what were you like, Courtney, growing up? What what was your jam? Were you into drama, theater, arts, sports? What was, uh, what what, what were you into?
1: Yeah, I did, um, I did everything. I did, I was an interesting child. I did a little of the sports, I did a little of the drama. um, And when I say a little, it was my whole childhood i was a <laughs> right <laughs> i started with um i started with soccer my dad jokes he's like yeah we had to pull you out because you were gonna hurt someone you were the smallest little pipsqueak but you were always in the middle of the fights back when there were no rules in soccer and everyone was oh, right where the ball went right he goes if we ever couldn't find you we knew you were in the middle of the pile there's some pictures of me kicking someone in the shins i'm five <laughs> years old <laughs> um so that was fun but i actually after my Two seasons there I landed on softball so I played softball about nine Oh, um, what position I a little bit of everything at first and then kind of settled into center field and first base ah so those were kind of my spots um right. I think I was just one of those small speedy kids uh-huh. so center field was my zone I could cover the whole the uh-huh. whole field by the time a ball got to me and uh-huh. Uh-huh it was it was such a fun time and i was yeah. left-handed so i was always the bunter the slap hitter the no way the base stealer you know all those little things um so that was kind of where i found my home um and i did not actually play in high school though when i got to high school uh ah. the, um there were so many of us that played and i mm-hmm. ended up not making the team which at first mm-hmm. i was bummed about mm-hmm. and then i realized um I had also wanted to do cross country mm-hmm. and I had also wanted to do drama. Mm-hmm. So that was going to add a couple classes. I also wanted to do student government and take right. a language. Right. So all of those things, you know, you get six classes and my counselor calls me in the summer and goes, Hey, you you should come in. We need to talk.
2: Uh You have too um, many classes.
1: (laughs) You 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 have too many classes here. You have like nine, 10 classes and there's (laughs) not enough time in the day. So you're going to have to pick and choose. So I had auditioned and made it into the drama program, ended up dropping out of that. I stuck with cross country. I did travel softball outside of school. Mm. And I stuck with student government and, um, that was pretty much my zone. Um, although I figured out very quickly, I do not like running. I am not a runner Ah. (laughs) into track and field.
0: That's not very good. That doesn't align very well with cross country, Courtney.
1: No, no, it does not. Uh -uh. And, um, and everyone was getting hurt all around me all the time. And I was like, I don't want to be injured all the time. So when the springtime came around and all the cross country girls started doing the distance, you know, events for track. Yeah. Uh, I said, coach, let me try something else. And he said, well, what do you want to try? I said, anything else.
2: Uh-huh.
1: I do not want to run. So yeah. I tried out. I mean, picture little me. I'm trying shot put discus. I'm uh-huh. trying anything. Pole
0: vault. Did you get pole vault?
1: I landed in pole vault.
0: You did? No way.
1: Did.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. And yeah. were you pretty good at it?
1: Um, I was all right. I actually, I think, uh, my PR was maybe, I only did like two and a half years actually though. I almost broke my back. So I had to stop that, but I did hit like eight or eight, six or something. wow!
0: Yeah. You know, pole vaulting scares the life out of me when I watch them do it. I'm like, um, I can't, I know, no way, but, um, you know, Cal Poly, I gotta get, I gotta give a shout out to my, my friend, um, my friend, Chi Chi, uh, Bian- Bianca Koenig, um, who, you know, she's a Southern cow. I, I don't know about OC, but she's definitely Southern cow. Um, and she was uh, the first ever women's pole vault champion um, wow. in NCAA. So she she went to Cal Poly and um, she's a lecturer here at Cal Poly still. But uh, yeah, she was the first ever uh, women's uh, pole vault. She uh, it, it was like the first year they elevated it um to NCAA championship status and um she tells the story like she's like I, I wasn't she's was like you know I was pretty good but I wasn't like national level but I just had an mate she just had an amazing NCAA championship and ended up winning it all the very yeah. first
1: so, it's so incredible like, it's an yeah. awesome sport it is yeah. um I mean I've snapped a couple poles though you fall backwards it's that's mm. not super fun but okay. um you know, the people were so great, the team was amazing. We had so much fun, yeah. Oh, you know, laugh a lot and practice a little was kind of our yeah. motto,
2: yeah. And
1: um, we Built had a good time something. until you know half of us almost broke our backs at some point, so we all kind of had to drop out,
0: yeah, 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 take it
1: easy, want,
0: yeah. You don't want to do that. So, let's talk about that um, that journey, that path to Cal Poly. Um, everyone has their own unique story about how they landed. Here in our little slice of paradise in San Luis Obispo. So, tell me about your story. Uh, how did you find Cal Poly?
1: Um, mom found it for me.
0: Oh, um, I,
1: I actually know. I did not want to go. I had visited Cal Poly. I was on a tour and I tripped over something and fell.
0: And so
1: cranky about it. And um, <laughs> I did not want to go. I did not want to go to Cal Poly at all. Mm. I actually wanted to go to University of Alabama. And um, oh, yeah,
0: you wanted a football championship, huh?
1: I wanted a football championship. I um, I was thinking about studying sport management. Uh-huh. And they have one of the best programs, you know, ever for that. Obviously, mm-hmm. you look at that school and their track record is incredible. So, uh-huh. you know, I really wanted to go out there. And, you know, I was sitting and it kind of came down between uh, Alabama, Cal Poly and Chapman.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I said, Chapman's out. It's too close to home. I don't want to risk mom and dad showing up on a weekend because they feel like it. And
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> you
1: know, It'd be too much of a crutch if I wanted to come home. Right. And the one thing that did worry me about Alabama was it's a little far. It's expensive to travel back and forth, and yeah, if I did want to come home, who knows if I would be able to? And yeah, you know, you don't know. But I still, I wanted to go to Alabama. I had my sweatshirt mm-hmm. already, and I sit and have a conversation with my parents, and they just said, "You need to look at this a little more realistically, a little more from the financial viewpoint." You know, we saved X amount to help you out but no matter where you go, we don't have the full amount. So there's going to be something that you're going to have to take ownership and responsibility for. Right. So here are the numbers. If you go to this school, here's what you'll be left with. If you go Mm -hmm. to this school, here's what's going to happen. And, you know, we just sat, we talked through it and it's the night before you have to make the deadline. You got to approve somewhere. And I'm sitting there crying and I don't want to go to Cal Poly, Mama. mama, But I know I can't do it because I don't want to graduate. You know, hundred k plus in debt and start my life like that. So, um, I made the decision, rather reluctantly, (laughs) to go to Cal Poly. Right. Um, And obviously, I think it worked out for the best. I'm a firm (laughs) believer in you end up where you're supposed to end up, and everything happens for a reason. And I really do think it did. The people I met, experiences I had would not have had that at Alabama. And that's not to say anything bad about them, but it would have been different.
0: It would have been different. Yeah, yeah. And you would have sweat a whole lot more. Yep. <laughs> you got that right. deep south humidity you know you got but, that right. yeah i you know um i courtney i really appreciate that because that's like that's like a, a a true and honest tale and um and just uh and i i really appreciate your storytelling there that's just so great so let's talk about your time once you got here to san luis obispo and realized how great it was and you know for me it's it's so um, kind of shocking to hear you tell that, um, that tale because, um, or that story, right? Because once I knew you, you were like this go-getter, like, uh, misdo everything here at Cal Poly. And I, I, for the longest time, didn't realize you were in our minor, that you were, you were (laughs) just in our minor, you know, because you were really involved in the department and, um, and Courtney ended up being a part of the, um, of our, our, what do we call it, our national championship team, right, our, our, uh, our, um, uh, we had a group of, of students who went to the, to the PCMA conference. Um, the Professional Convention uh, Management Association Conference and won the North American Student Competition. Um, it's just such an impressive group of students. And Courtney was at the, you know, one of the one of the key members of that, obviously. And um, you just had so many great experiences. I know it's hard to boil it down to a couple, but we'll start with the first one. Like um, is there is there an enduring memory, you know, not not professional development related, but social or or whatever um where you're like i'll never forget that that was like a moment in my life that i'll never forget
1: yeah i think um there's there's no one defining thing for me at least but Mm -hmm. what i think about is just freshman year in general there was so much of an adjustment to be made one Personally, yeah. in my attitude, because I came in not wanting to go there. I came right. in <laughs> week of welcome. Like this is so lame. You know, <laughs> I really don't want to hang out with people. I don't even know anybody. I don't have any friends here. Right. Um, and even looking back, I'm like, I would have really known no one in Alabama. Come on, but right. You know, I just that turnaround. I met my best friend was in my week of welcome group. And I had such an amazing experience. My leaders were awesome. They were so fun, but not in the over-the-top, overwhelming, kind of nerdy way everyone thinks about, you know, right. with the Week of Welcome stuff. But, um, right. you know, I met my best friend was in that group. And then one of her roommates became one of my really good friends and getting to know my roommates more in that, you know, just first week in general. And um, it inspired me to be a Week of Welcome leader the next year. Love and just going from there, you know, I'll never forget the ups and downs. I'll never forget um, being really upset one day you get the Sunday scaries looking at your schedule for the next week and <laughs> my roommate walked down. Um, you know, to the central hub of campus there. And she got me a whole cheese pizza and brought it back to the, our dorm room uh-huh. um, on campus apartments. We lived in Cerro Vista our first year. So she brought me back a whole pizza and I was like, you're the best roommate ever. Yeah. And just the, just the little things like that yeah. um, were just incredible. It was just, yeah. I, I really found a home, a home there that I was not expecting
0: that you were not expecting. I love it. And I, I love what you talked about too the attitude adjustment. You know, I, I remember, um, I mean, you know, the, the memories are a little fuzzy nowadays, uh, Courtney, but I, I do remember, um, needing an attitude adjustment for sure. And I eventually, eventually got it. And I think that, but I think that's for those who are prospective students who, who listen to this podcast, I think that's a really important aspect, you know? One of the things that I've talked about for many years is that, yeah, you know, Cal Poly sets you up for success with with learn by doing and and with with all the programs that we have in place. But you know, if you don't embrace it, if, if you don't take advantage of the opportunities, right. you, you can you can go through it with a, a pretty disengaged um, mentality. And and you know, no matter where you go, you should not have that you should not have that attitude, right? You should not. Yeah. Have,
2: you that's should, huge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's so and, and, important. Yeah. So important. And, um, and, you know, for, for me, my memories of you is like, that's what you were all about is like embracing those opportunities. And so I love that you, you kind of had that, that adjustment um right from the start. So yeah, and everybody talk.
1: does. I feel like it's one of those things, like, you know, whether you come in, in my case, not really wanting to be there, or, Mm -hmm. you know, you're someone who is so gung ho, my mom went, my grandpa went, my dog went, I'm going, (laughs) you know, like, either way, you're still learning about life,
2: Mm -hmm. you know, like
1: you said, Cal Poly is so great, learn by doing in the professional aspects of it, but it is up to you to figure out who you want to be, what you want to do, what you want to be known for. And how much you're going to embrace it and realize I have to live on my own. I have to figure out a budget for the first time ever, maybe Mm -hmm. time management, Mm -hmm. how to balance that social life and the work life and school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all of that is huge. So the quicker you get on board with that, there's a piece of advice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The better off you'll be. The better off you'll be for sure. And, And, and also obviously in building that professional development while you're in school, you know, I, I, I hear you tell that story about you, your parents, you and your parents sitting down and, and having a, a discussion about budget and, and, um, and finances and, um and, you know, I don't, I don't mean to, to give my parents a hard time here. I mean, because, you know, they, they had, they had their own things going on, but I never had any discussions like that. And I never really had any buy-in for, um, for that aspect of like, hey, this is on you, you know, and and, and until later, right, in graduate school. And so um, I love hearing you talk about it, but I guess could you, I would love to, to hear you reflect on how you went about um, embracing professional development when you were here at Cal Poly and what impact when you look back, you think that has had on you in your, in your early career. You're still in your early career. Um, so it's, it's fresh in your mind.
1: Yeah, definitely. It, um, I mean, it made all the difference in the world. I remember post-graduating sitting with my mom, it's during COVID time and the world is different now for sure. Right. And, um, you know, part of me was like, did I even need my degree like I could, a lot of it's just your personality, you know. If you're going to be mm-hmm. in the events industry, you got you got to love it.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to
1: be in it to win it all the time. You're turned mm-hmm. on, you know. And I sat with her. I was like, God, you know, you guys helped me out so much, but I still have so much to figure out and figuring out my student loans and all these things. And mm-hmm. did I even need it. Was it even worth it? And I mean, we talked. We sat up late for hours, and you know, we just. She's like, tell me about your whole experience. I know I'm your mom and I know everything, but just mm-hmm. talk about it like I'm a stranger, you know? And the more I went into it, it just became so clear that I would not be where I am right now without mm-hmm. the experiences I had at Cal Poly, without mm-hmm. the people I met at Cal Poly, mm-hmm. the things I learned on the personal and professional level. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it, it makes such an impact. So it's, it's not about the title of the piece of paper that is... On my bookshelf somewhere, I don't even know where where it is. Right, you know, but it's it's about the experiences and the people you meet, and the more that you get involved, you know, in. And that was so clear to me in the very beginning. I've always been, like you said, that type of person who's just the go getter, the let's do this. All right, that's done. What's next? What's next? Like, let's uh-huh. keep moving, rack up all the experiences, you know, that you can, because uh-huh. college is such a unique time. There's no other time in your life like it where you right. have time to explore and figure out mm-hmm. you know, what you want to do. And me coming into a business and taking my business classes, there were some I loved and there were some I did not love so much.
0: <laughs> yeah, right.
1: And it became very clear to me very quickly that I needed to add something else. I needed to complement my degree, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. why I picked up the minor. And actually, it was because of the ratings I had read about you. And sport management class.
0: Oh no way!
1: (laughs) uh, Because I wanted to be Jerry Maguire, and I had always been interested in law, and I love sports. There was the whole Bama thing, and Uh you know, I thought, oh, I pick up this minor, and I see three classes I can take in the sports world, and Mm -hmm. you know, I I got into that a little bit. And then the more classes I took, the more I realized how much was available. Uh I'd always loved organizing, event planning, and all of those things. So you know once i started taking all the other classes i was like holy cow there is so much i could do right i love events i didn't know it could be a career i thought it was just something i did for fun in high school when i was class president <laughs> you know right. that was it and um i mean it just grew from there and from then on my attitude became do everything i possibly can search the job, blog posts, you know, is there something new? I was refreshing every day trying to figure out what I could do, what I could get involved in. I know I went to a Cal Travel Summit, you know, with you guys in the department Mm -hmm. and being on that competition and getting to go and experience and network and travel with my peers and my professor's. Mm-hmm. and put all that together, you know, and then what could I do while I'm at Cal Poly, you know, mm-hmm. working with Amanda Holder started with me volunteering at an event like three and a half years ago.
0: I was going to say, was that, yes, yeah, that, uh, that connection through?
1: Yeah, through the awesome. job blog. Mm-hmm.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I, um, what, what great stories. And I, I really, I really appreciate your perspective uh, on them, Courtney, you know, I do want I do want to ask you, you know, obviously um, you and, and a lot of your peers um, obviously went through a a tough time. I and mean, We all went through a tough time, uh, obviously, as a, uh, you know, as humans here on this planet, like with with a global pandemic um, strikes, you know, that's something that none of us had ever experienced before. And so it was it was hard on on people in, in different ways. Um, But, you know, for, for me as an educator, you know, I look at it and I'm like, man, that, that's really hard for, for college students who are are just getting started and trying to find their way out into the, the working world. And so I wonder if you can reflect a bit on, on that. Um, If memory serves, I think you were December, 2020, was that was yep. that when you officially graduated? And um, you know, global pandemic hit in March 2020, and so that had to be a scary time. Um, I wonder if you can can walk us through and, and talk about like how you dealt with it and what you did um, uh, to kind of come out the other side, so to speak, um, uh, with a uh, with some experience and and um, and hit the ground running.
1: Yeah, that was um, you know, when you asked what stands out to you and your college years that does. And I didn't want to start with that because I, I don't want to start with something kind of sad. I mean, it yeah. ends well, but, yeah, right. um, you know, talk about things that I will never forget is, um, I think first I should say, probably I was supposed to graduate in the spring of 21. Mm. So I actually graduated in three and a quarter nice. instead of the full four years. And that was partially my fault because I did a four-year plan my freshman year, convinced myself I was going to graduate in five years instead Uh, of four.
2: uh So
1: I started doing extra classes, summer classes. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm in with the counselor (laughs) and I'm like, you you can scroll to my next page of classes. They're like, there is no next page. You're done. Like you're almost done. (laughs) Um,
0: You're like, what do you mean? I have a concentration and a minor and I'm already uh
1: done. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That was weird. Um, And then, you know, I went through the whole, do I slow it down? Do I try and Mm -hmm. make it stretched to four? Do I not? Mm -hmm. And um, COVID hit. And I said, well, this is a really easy decision. I have spring break. I have two quarters left. I can go home. I can do them from home. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't know at that point too. My lease was up and I'm like, why would I renew a lease for a full year? I only Mm -hmm. have a quarter left. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be online still or if we're going to go back to in-person. It right. would end up being online, but I did take that gamble, right. um, not renewing a lease. And if it were to be in-person, I was like, I will couch surf wherever my friends will have me
2: <laughs> and I will
1: make that last quarter happen somehow.
2: Right, right.
1: Um, but I I did actually, I know the people in the major have to have an internship. That is one of the requirements. And it's not a requirement, or at least in my time, it was not for the minor. Um, But I did have one. I had one all set up. Yeah. It was um, the last weekend of February 2020. It was going to be a week-long thing. It was with Streamline Events up in San Francisco. They had Mm -hmm. a huge convention they were putting on in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. So they took a team of like six to eight students. I think two or three of them were from Cal Poly, and, wow. um, I interviewed, did a whole video thing, got that internship was so excited. It was going to be, they were covering all food, airfare, hotel, and it was paid on top of that. And I was stoked for, wow. for this internship, you know, as like a little newbie in the world that I was gonna yeah. be going into. And, um, you know, I fly out a slow connection in LA or San Francisco, whichever one, and then out to Vegas. and. Um, you know, I get there, the room was beautiful. We're at the MGM Grand, and I'm like, wow. this is gonna be amazing. And I never unpack in hotel rooms ever. And I unpacked in this hotel room because nice. I was so happy to be there. Yeah. And um, you know, I go and I get some ice cream before heading into our first meeting where they're gonna give us the rundown for the whole setup of the weekend and the whole next week. Right. And um, you yeah, know, there's kind of some whispers and something feels a little off. And we all sit down and they're like, all right, everybody kind of quiet down. And the lady gets up on the stage and she goes, this will be the shortest meeting of your life. Um, the whole thing's canceled. Rip up every document, clear every document off of every computer. we got to pack all these boxes back into the semis, everything out. We're rerouting our VIPs that are in the air right now. The second they touch down, they're turning around, they're going back. Um Companies did not want, and COVID wasn't even a thing yet. World was still open, Mm
2: -hmm. but this
1: was going to be an international thing. People were flying in from all over the place. Yeah. And nobody wanted to be the one company that said, let's do it anyways. And then get sick. Nobody wanted that, you know, on their, on their heads, which I totally understand. So we spent that day rerouting flights. We spent that day getting everything packed up, shredded and, um, I was crying. I was, oh, I was so sad. Oh, and I also, though, I, I, my heart broke for the people that had been planning that event for a year and a half, yeah. you know, leading up to it because they had put yeah. the real work into it. I was there to be a, a volunteer, essentially, you know, a little intern. Right. But, um, I will never forget that. It actually, mm-hmm. I ended up. Not getting a flight out till the Monday, so I had the weekend in Vegas.
0: Oh, you did! Was not twenty one,
1: but it was um, it was my dad's birthday that weekend. So he actually that night, I called my parents crying. Yeah, and my dad bought a ticket, and two hours later, he was in Vegas. Oh, you know, we went on the Ferris wheel and stuff, and out to dinner, and that makes me cry thinking
0: about that. That's so great.
1: Um, so he he made it good. I definitely got blessed with an amazing family and always super supportive, but you know, that I knew COVID was going to be huge at that point. And um, I came home and I went to Home Depot. I bought bleach. I bought masks. I bought hand sanitizer. Oh, And um, my grandma's a nurse and she's got friends on the East coast. And apparently things had started on Uh that side before coming over here. So, you know, I was like, and my whole internship got Canceled, you know, selfishly, I'm like, this is going to be huge and I know it because this happened to me.
2: Right. And my roommate right.
1: said, You're crazy, you know, and I said, right. Wait. And sure enough, um, March 14th is my birthday. March 15th, the world shut down. Yeah. So I'll never forget, you know, kind of going out for my birthday and feeling kind of weird about things. And I wake up the mm-hmm. next morning and everything's done.
0: Everything's um, done. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: yeah. Nuts. Crazy. Wow. Just crazy.
1: It was crazy. But it, I think it, um, it ended up turning out okay. I took a couple months thinking life is fantastic. We can do anything we want right now. There's no consequence. I can do nothing. I can, you know, school got postponed. Spring break was two weeks instead of one. And, you know, and it very quickly reality set in that this is much more serious than we all thought it was going to be. And it's not going away anytime soon. Right. And, um, after a couple months of, Blowing things off and thinking I could just give up on things and put things on hold. I realized that wasn't going to be possible. And I wanted to use the time to move forward and not stay in the same place or move backward. Yeah. And I um I hopped on LinkedIn, messaged every industry professional i was connected to Uh and started calling them started getting on zoom started asking how they were handling things what they were doing i talked to people all over our country and other countries um a manager at the marina bay sands in singapore i talked to him Uh about how it was over there and then i realized everyone has a story to tell why would i limit it to the event industry so i started messaging every person i was connected to Wow. And just to talk and just to say, How are you? And what are you gonna do? You know, with this opportunity. Because you can look at it as a bad thing or you can look at it as an opportunity for growth. So Uh I took it as that. And I will never forget. I mean, all the conversations, I had hundreds of them. They bleed together a little bit, but you know, the impact it had on me and the impact I know it made on other people because it it instilled hope Mm -hmm. into other people, like, hey. This time is not a waste. We mm-hmm. don't have to watch it go by. We can actually make something out of it. And I know mm-hmm. there were a few people who messaged me later saying, "Hey, I started doing what you were doing. I started talking to people, and, and oh, it's really cool, you know." And I'm like, "Wow, Courtney, doing?
0: that's so cool. But That is so what I. So when I said go getter." Like I was, I was, uh, I was, I was underselling. I was underselling. <laughs> you're, you're like, a, you're. Well, I don't know what, what, uh, what, what is there above go getter? We need to come up with another. We need to come up with another term for it. Wow, that's. Just... I just
1: go with inspired. You got to keep yourself inspired.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, wow. What, um, really appreciate you sharing, uh, sharing these stories with us. So let's talk about the graduation so you so so you walk and then you're out in the working world not that you weren't already working but um let's talk about uh you know that experience of coming out of a global pandemic and i mean you know you could make a case that that we're still coming out of a global pandemic but um right
1: we'll but, always but be you, coming out of
0: it yeah we'll always be coming out of a global pandemic but but can you can you um can you talk about, can you reflect on, you know, what you've seen over the last, you know, you've been, you've been out now for, for what, Um, almost two years? Yeah, so... Um, tell us what the last two years have been like, you know, I started off, uh, by introducing you and saying that you had three different positions that you're working with. You know, I do want to eventually talk about blue Lotus cause, um, blue Lotus looks really, really cool. But, um, let's talk about the experiences that you've had, um, leading up to blue Lotus and, and what they've been like, um, and, um, how you filled your time.
1: Yeah, you could say I was busy a little, a little bit. I well, mean, yeah, um, graduating in December uh, during COVID was just crazy, and yeah. I realized right away, you know, I don't want to wait to get a job. But I also realized it looks like everything's going virtual right now, yeah. and I do not want to do virtual events. If and I told myself and my parents, we sat and I said, if everything stays virtual, and the yeah. only event planning job i can get is something that's virtual Mm -hmm. i am going into a whole different field i don't know what it's going to (laughs) be but i need people i mean you can tell that from me just messaging randos on linkedin trying to have conversations (laughs) and you know i just it's the power of people
2: yeah it's
1: so so powerful and important uh-huh. And I was like, I cannot do this if it's virtual, you know. And my parents said, Well, you know, luckily you have a whole business and HR degree, so yeah. if you want to do something else, you're well equipped in you know yeah. other areas, so that that's an yeah. option. And yeah, you know, I said, I'm I'm just going to hang on for as long as I can. So I instead of getting a full time job, those were really hard to come by in our event mm-hmm. world, you know, 2020 and early 2021. So I did. I had multiple part-time jobs. I hung on with Amanda Holder. She was so amazing and filled with so much grace. She kept me on. I did marketing. I did blogging. I submitted um, her weddings to larger publications. We're in a few magazines. We're in a bunch of blogs online. Mm -hmm. Um, Huge things for her. So that was a lot of work coming my way. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just started doing that with any and everyone that I could, you know, Hey, are you still doing any weddings at all? Even though you probably shouldn't be, Mm -hmm. um, are you, because I'll help you. I'll put on a mask. I'll go out there. I'll put myself in the line of fire. I want the experience. I need, you know, anything you could possibly give me. Oh, well, it'd be like a couple hours a week. Fine. Mm -hmm. I don't even remember all the jobs I had to be quite honest with Mm -hmm. you. All of them made it onto LinkedIn um because at one point I was counting I had like eight part-time jobs um (laughs) wow and that's just you know I knew what I wanted to do and after working with Amanda Holder I knew it was going to be weddings
2: Uh uh-huh
1: I just didn't know what it looked like but I was happy because I knew weddings would never be virtual maybe they'll like live stream it for people who can't make it but it won't be virtual right um so I knew it was going to be safe and people are falling in love every day Getting married every day.
2: That's right. So
1: I knew for the most part, you know, it might be on pause right now, but it'll find a way to come back because people are not going to just not get married.
2: Right. um, Right.
1: I was very specific about it, and my parents were a little like questioned, you know, but they Uh all said, "If this is what you want, go ahead." And you know, then I went through. LinkedIn, Indeed, any job site you could possibly think of. And I was like, all right, maybe it's time I start looking for something a little more full time, a little more stable, right. a little more dependable. And I started applying and interviewing. And I did apply for some corporate positions with events. And, you know, I kind of made it through interviews and some ended up dropping out. I just was not. Feeling the vibe, I guess you could say right. with those. Yeah. And um, you know, I but I still I knew what I wanted and I knew I knew I wanted to work for people and I wanted to serve their interests. I did not want to work for a venue. I did not want to work through catering or bar or anything like that. Cause you're always trying to you're trying to make money. You're trying to make someone's dream come true, but you're trying to make money at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. And that's not anything bad on them. That's how businesses work. You sell a product and you make an income. That's yeah. how it works. But right. to me personally, it didn't it didn't fit my brain. And I knew I wanted to work for someone like Amanda Holder, but in Orange County, because that's where I'm living now again. And um, you know, but you you work for the couple with the couple, you right. serve their best interest and their best need. Yeah. And you, you keep your vendors close too, and we, I, you know, I'm still in weddings now and I, we take very good care of our vendors and we don't want to rip anyone off ever, but of you know, you, you find your common, your common ground, your middle ground. And yeah. I knew that's what I wanted. So, you know, I pushed through for that and mm-hmm. that's kind of how I ended up with Blue Lotus is mommy found the school and mommy found the job posting for Blue Lotus and made me apply for it.
0: Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> well, yeah. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. So tell us, uh, so tell us now as is serving you you've been um for almost a year now as the event coordinator for Blue Lotus. And Blue Lotus, um, I've I've pulled up the website. It looks like an amazing, amazing uh a wedding organization, predominantly wedding or are there other other events?
1: Yeah, so we just started getting into um some industry events as well, you know. The parties, the celebs, the glitz, the glam. Right, uh, but we are predominantly a wedding company.
0: Right, right, and some just really amazing, extravagant. So, tell us a little bit about um, uh, Blue Lotus um, and what's what's so. So, you know, if you if you had to give us the elevator pitch, you're a business student, right? So you know all about elevator pitches. What's the elevator pitch for Blue Lotus?
1: Blue Lotus is incredible. I work with the best people, the best boss, and um, they, we are, I say they are, we are a luxury wedding planning company based in Southern California, but will travel wherever
2: mm-hmm. and we
1: focus primarily on, we specialize in Indian weddings. Oh. So all or most of our couples are, um, are Indian. And then we have, of course, like our mixed couples and we have multicultural weddings. We incorporate all sorts of traditions Uh um, and they are just something special. They are so beautiful. I swear. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Well, you probably don't know my, have you ever heard my uh, Indian wedding story? No. Yeah, I have one. I have a really good friend that, uh, a really good friend who uh, got married at um, Pinehurst in north carolina for those of you who are not golfers out there pinehurst is a famous place where uh that is like the the mecca of golf um and um and yeah she had about a thousand person wedding and um it was unbelievable like i i just um i'd never been to an indian wedding and so i didn't really know anything about the uh, the 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 extravagance of most Indian weddings um is just unbelievable. I mean I I, I could not believe it, and um so it was an experience. Doctor Rue went with me. It was it was pretty awesome. Of course, our um my my friend who was getting married and um a couple of the other folks that um were were close friends they. Uh, convinced us all to to wear traditional Indian um, clothing oh yeah and so we went out and we all bought um, uh, traditional Indian clothing a huge shopping trip yeah it was so much fun it was awesome except we show up and um and we're about a hundred white people in the middle of uh, like a thousand Indian people, and we're we and the wedding party are the only ones dressed in traditional Indian garb. And so I'm standing next to this gentleman from uh, you know from uh, Delhi uh, who is in a, a full American suit, and he's just unzipping his pants in the, in the bathroom, and I'm having to like hike up my traditional Indian garb that I've never had to do before. You know, it's like in order to use the bathroom, it's, it's quite extravagant to try to get out of it. Oh um, yeah.
1: But, uh, <laughs> it takes forever for them to go to, the, I mean, I'll have brides and yeah. do we have time? I really have to pee. And I'm like, <laughs> you don't have time right now. You're giving a speech in five minutes. I'm sorry. Like Oh, you Courtney! I will never minutes, forget really? the look.
0: I will never forget the look on that man's face when he looked at me, and he's like, "I can't believe." <laughs> but we had quite a blast. It was oh my god, it was amazing. So tell, so tell us for those who um, who were not um as familiar with multicultural uh, weddings and and Indian weddings and in, in particular, tell us uh, tell us about some of. Uh, get pick out like one in particular that really stands out and, and what was so amazing about it.
1: Um,
0: that might be hard or, or you can, you can, oh, that's a so
1: hard. Okay. Yeah. I have, I'll have, I got two things I'll cover. Okay. So I gotta be quick on time here. Um, my favorite wedding, I think we've done so far, it was 4th of July weekend down in San Diego Mm-hmm. One of the biggest productions we've ever put on. And I mean, these things, and you've been to one, they are so over yeah. the top. I mean, you're talking about million plus dollar budgets on some of them for yeah. a wedding, which is unheard of for some people. But yeah. culturally, weddings are very important for the Indian culture. They're yeah. such a union of families. So, you know, spending money on something like a wedding may seem so trivial to some people, but for them, it is expected. It is so important right um but we did Fourth of July weekend down in San Diego you have your there's all sorts of different events you know it's a week-long affair they usually bring us in for only two maybe three days of mm-hmm. five to seven right and, um we had their Sangeet which is like a welcome party I think Sangeet literally translates to night of song and dance it's just yes. a big party
2: yes yeah. and
1: um it was on the U.S Midway in San Diego oh wow bright colors everywhere and they did a whole firework show from the Midway oh wow um, so standing there Fourth of July weekend on a ship like the Midway you can go in all the aircrafts and you know explore around and you've fireworks going on above you and
2: oh my it goodness. Was,
1: I was standing there with my jaw on the floor
2: yeah yeah so
1: so impressed and it was it was surreal being in an environment like that on the weekend that it was. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and the rest of the weekend followed suit for sure. They had, um, like a henna party Mm -hmm. kind of type of deal. And, um, they had that for all the ladies, the guys came for the free food and (laughs) guys get henna too, you know, it's, it's for everybody. Yeah. So that was their Mendy party. And, um, then we set up for their ceremony reception. It was, um, they had their ceremony at gosh, I think it was a hotel on um, on Coronado Island. I can't mm-hmm. remember exactly where it was, but I know the reception was at um, on the actual San Diego side. Mm-hmm. And the ballroom was huge. I mean, it was a 600 something person guest count, I think. And right. everything was purple and it was massive. And they built all these structures. There were things hanging from the ceilings. Everything's uh-huh glowing purple Uh crystals and there was a whole entrance tunnel into the room (laughs) crystals hanging all in it and candles and huge florals and it was just the prettiest thing i've ever seen my entire life the
0: colors and just amazing oh
1: my gosh it was beautiful i'll send you some pictures of that one afterwards i don't think they're on our website yet um it, it was incredible so that was probably my favorite event uh-huh. And then I have to say, if I'm breaking it down, they've got all these little traditions and all these uh-huh. little things, you know, that they do.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And I think my favorite, favorite one is something so little. Uh-huh. Um, when you go to your ceremony and they have the structure there, it's the mundup structure uh-huh. and you have to take your shoes off because it's a very religious thing. Uh-huh. And so when the groom he goes first. So the groom gets walked down the aisle and he's in there. He does a ceremony with the priest of his own before the whole bridal processional happens. Ah. And um, so he's in there, but you have to take your shoes off. So it's tradition that the bride's side, they steal the groom's shoes when he takes them off to go ah. to ah. And the trick is when at the end of the ceremony, when all is said and done, you're now pronounced married. You go to leave, you can't leave without your shoes because how are you going to lead your wife and protect her if your feet are getting <laughs> broken and scarred because you don't have shoes?
2: Ah, right. So
1: the bride's family then makes the groom buy his shoes back from them.
0: Mm. So he
1: has to have cash on hand to buy his shoes back so that he can lead his wife into the. Oh new my life goodness, together.
0: that's that's really and wild.
1: So that is my favorite part, I think, I is what I mean. I've seen people get tackled. I've seen people trip and fall over. I mean, people oh. go at it to get these shoes.
0: Oh, wow. That is wild. That is really wild. It is um, crazy well you know it's um it's it's definitely like a cultural experience like no other and um i uh i will never forget i will never forget it and uh you know we i remember one of the things that was really unique about the one that that i attended was um they flew um candy indian candy um overnight on the concord um uh straight from india um and, and like someone had to go and pick up the candy. Um, that morning like fresh candy that had just been made the day before in India and every one of the guests got this candy and it was just like oh my I can't even imagine Christmas. like mm-hmm. yeah it's just so um, it's so extravagant but it, it's like you said it's such a part of the culture and um, and family and and weddings are are so important so when, when I pulled Blue Lotus up I thought that's what you what was going on and you had told me that I guess like uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago you had an 800 125 person event, and I was like thinking to myself, like, wow, you don't you normally hear that unless it's uh a different um culture. So I was wondering if it if it was Indian. And so yeah.
1: Oh yeah, it huge was huge weddings. Yeah, <laughs> that was a fun one. We were up at Hyatt Huntington uh-huh. for that, and that that was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I mean, okay. it is it is tough, and sometimes you do you work under extreme circumstances, I guess. Yeah. You know, sometimes right. six a typical wedding days for us is a sixteen hour day. So we're I was gonna up.
2: say, yeah.
1: It's a very long day. Um a lot to things handle things could go wrong and you're up. I remember there was one down in San Diego over the summer and I mean I was up twenty four hours. I worked twenty one of them. Oh. You know, it was yeah. it was a long day and things go wrong yeah. every day all yep. the time yeah and you to be
0: fast on your feet you
1: just roll with it you know you're <laughs> yeah. like well guess what in 30 minutes she's walking down the aisle so fix it we get right. it fixed you know right,
0: right. and well, you just roll right well I love I love one of your uh one of your bullet points on on LinkedIn is uh is uh in all caps and it uh, it says keep period the period groomsmen period in period line (laughs) and uh and and then in parentheses you have the most exhausting yet entertaining part of the job i love that
1: (laughs) it is it is you gotta be fine don't let them
0: don't let them ruin things (laughs)
1: because they will give you attitude and they think you're just i mean i'm 23 years old, you know, yeah, and most yeah. of the people right now that we're getting married are a little older. Yeah. And, you know, they're like, oh, you're just some cute little girl, you know, telling me what to do. And I'm like, mm-hmm. uh uh-uh. uh, you're uh-uh. walking down the aisle <laughs> five minutes, you zip it. Yeah. You listen to me when I'm talking to you.
0: You put that beer down and you, and you get straight. <laughs> but I
1: was going to take a shot. Take it and get back in line. Don't mess <laughs> with this wedding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you better not be stumbling. <laughs> nope. I love it, Courtney. Well, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time today. I, I want to end with um with this, you know, as a as a in in having a minor in um in our in our major and in, in event planning and obviously that's um that that has has served you well like you've told us there's some great stories i wonder if you can pass along any advice to any uh any uh current students or or, or prospective students uh, uh what advice would you give to them um who are, are, are pursuing a minor
1: yeah um I mean, this would apply to absolutely anybody, but if you want something, go for it. Wow. I think that's so important. And if you're told no, don't accept the first no. My current job with Blue Lotus, I actually was told no. And I responded back and I said, No.
0: <laughs>
1: no, <you> don't <laughs> tell me no.
0: Don't uh, tell me no. I got this.
1: <laughs> no, and and my my boss loves the story and she tells everybody, you know. Yeah. She's like, I I emailed Courtney back to not approve her. And I was so sad, but I did not have the capacity. And I emailed her back and I said, Listen, I've looked through your website. I've looked through what you stand for, what you believe in, and the work that you do. Uh I want to be a part of it somehow. Right. Find something, even if it's not what I applied for, Uh I would be happy to. And I started it two days a week. And, you know, here I am a year later, full time plus, you know, full on event coordinating and actually leading i was just assigned my first personal couple of clients so nice you know full-on leading but don't don't be afraid for it and even if somewhere doesn't have a job posting yeah email them and ask for it anyways that's how i worked at the pack on campus they didn't have a job i emailed and i said i want to work here what can i do uh-huh. and they made up a job for me that i worked nice. with favorite job at cal poly
0: I love it. I love uh, it. Yeah. For those you who are not familiar, it's the performing, the performing arts center on campus, which is our our like, signature building, if you will. And uh, yeah. yeah, what a great place to work. And so you just went and said, "I want to work here. I love that. That's so yeah.
1: great." I emailed, and they said, um, "Okay," mm-hmm. <laughs> they were they were a little confused. He's like, um, "I'm not sure. Let me forward this to this guy, and maybe mm-hmm. they'll." They'll have something. And I came in and he said, this will be the weirdest interview you ever have because it's not an interview. You're hired. We just don't know what the job is yet. Uh-huh. So let's sit here and for your quote unquote
0: interview. <laughs> we want to go get her like you. That's what they wanted. Yeah.
1: So uh-huh. we did. So I told uh-huh. them what I wanted to learn and they told right. me what she needed help with. And we combined that. Uh-huh. and made something up so long story short if you think you want something you're interested in something just ask have conversations and have respect for the people you're talking to yeah. and it shows and it yeah. moves mountains
0: right i love it such great advice be a go-getter times three uh which is has what, uh, what courtney is and uh Thank you so much for your time, Courtney. Just really appreciate it. And um, wow, some some amazing gems that you've shared with us today. And um, I'm just so thankful for you um, coming on and being our second ever um, uh, minor alum to to uh, to come on the, the podcast. Thanks for your time. I appreciate Thank
1: it. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: See ya. Bye. Bye.